the following that you're about to listen to is a live stream recording of Coles on the Coast podcast. Unfortunately, there are a couple of minutes where the sound dropped out in our audio recorder and you will not be able to listen to us complain about people not subscribing or donating via our Buy Me a Coffee website. Um, we were just we were playing around in StreamYard. We were showing how you could actually go to the widget in the website and click on it and enter your, you know, your donation and then donate through that. However, that is actually preserved within the video that was streamed on Facebook. So if you're interested in listening to those couple of minutes that don't exist in this recording, feel free to go to Facebook and check it out. Next time, we'll be sure to announce that we're going live prior to us actually going live so that you can join us on Facebook and enjoy the live stream along with us, comment and interact. It's always better when we've got interaction because then we've got topics to talk about that we may not have had. You know, you're going to catch us in the raw and get our true opinion on certain things that we may not have even thought about. Um, but anyway, I hope you enjoy the rest of what's to follow. Comment, like, subscribe, follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, just look for Coles on the Coast and visit us at www.colesonthecoast.com. That's our blog website where we normally post all of our podcasts. We've got uh, contact forms in there. You can go and contact us. Um, but anyway, I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a great week. Okay, now we are technically live at this point. <laughs> it took us a minute to figure that out, but... Alright, well, welcome to Coles on the Coast. Um, we're the podcast where we talk about riding the ways of sustainability, um, preparedness. preparedness, and living the small homestead life. I'm Charlie. And I'm Jessica. And today is our first live stream episode, which... I don't know. It... It is what it is. We're trying different things, trying to see what works. Apparently, if you're going to be a content creator, you have to live stream at, at some point in time. So we're going to do that today. We've got our nice little curtain here and our pegboard wall on the other side. <laughs> with screen. With a screen right there. Oh, there is. A, hey, see? It made it darker. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And today will be another um, mashup. Yeah, a mashup or a free for all or whatever. Especially with it being live. If we get any comments or messages or anything while we're online, then we'll be sure to answer those or at least visit those topics and talk about it for a little bit. But I don't know. What are we gonna talk about? <laughs> well. Um, Talk about Noster and how... Yeah. All right, so... If anybody know, You know... If you're watching this, you're on Facebook. If you follow us on Twitter, you're on Twitter. If you're used to any social media, you know the pitfalls that it has. You get stuff suggested to you by the social media company. You also get information... I mean... They use it as a platform where they steal your identity... They feed you ads, and they show you stuff that you don't want to see. 
Noster, however, is a decentralized system, which you have to you use a client to make a Noster public and private key. You keep the private key, and then you take the public key, and you use a um, you put that in your client, and then you're able to basically creates a Twitter account for you that you own. And there's different clients that you can move to. Some have better features than others. And you don't have to change anything. Once you set it up and you have that public key, it swaps from one to the other. I mean, it's it's really nice. We just made one about 15 minutes ago. It didn't and take long. It was pretty quick. That's only because we know enough about it to be dangerous. <laughs> um, we haven't posted anything on it. We only follow Jack Spearco right now. I can't even get his posts to pull up. Well, you did on one. Yeah, that's right. The, there's certain clients that don't work as well as others, but that's not a big deal. The thing is, is that we have an account there now, and in let's see, am I allowed? If I come in here, this is an example of a bear. Hey, look, there's an example. Okay, hold on. <laughs> All right, look, here we go, here we go. So the, the Noster accounts, you're essentially, it's almost like making your own website, but instead of just making it on one um, website provider, right, like a WordPress or something like that, you're you're just creating this thing and you use it through your your um, your key. Were, that wasn't very helpful, was You're it? confusing me. <laughs> and basically, you, it's like Bitcoin. And, all right, so we'll talk about that in a second. Let me copy this. And, uh... I don't, I don't know if Bitcoin is the best. No, that's what, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, so, but... hold on. Hold on, let's see. Let's paste this. I don't, now, I don't know if, if the average person actually understands what Bitcoin is. All right, so. there we go. Hey, look, see, now we got a little thing on the bottom. So Bitcoin is a decentralized cryptocurrency in which you have computers that do processes that verify whether or not a transaction takes place. Oh, that, hey, this is, that was the baby in her little, little chair making a lot of racket. Um... But you basically have a blockchain system of code that whenever a transaction takes place, it creates a block in the blockchain to verify that the transaction is accurate or that it actually exists or, you know, it's legitimate. Noster is similar. You have public and private keys which allow you access to your specific information and allow others to see what you've shared which is what, how Bitcoin works. You have a private key that allows you access to the Bitcoin that you own, and then you have a public key, which is somewhat related to your private key, but like when you create an invoice or whatever, you would give that specific key out. You don't give your private key because that's what gives you ownership. So Noster works the same way. You have a private key that gives you ownership to your information that you're posting. And then you have a public key that you can share with others so that they can see your information and interact with you. Mm -hmm. It's it's yeah. built on the same system. It's actually built on the Lightning system, which is a tier two system on Bitcoin, where Bitcoin is the the major strong you know strong chain type system, and then Lightning is a quicker 
system on top of that. There's several different tiers within the Bitcoin um, realm. And if none of that makes sense, don't let it scare you away from it. There's lots of YouTube um, videos on how to get started on Noster, and several of them are very easy to follow. It's not as difficult as it sounds. It's just a lot of descriptive language that is really only used for that. That's a little bit hard to get used to. I mean, and if you don't, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. But the the one thing about Noster is that it won't get shut down. Hey, we are actually live on Facebook, so yay! If anybody that follows us on Facebook sees this, comment on the Facebook live um, video, and then we'll we'll revisit those. But um. So I had a thought. Okay. Based, we've been listening to the Little House on the Prairie book series from the kid with the kids, and um, we just recently finished book eight. I don't know, the one where she gets engaged. Laurel Ingalls gets engaged, and um, in that book, it starts talking about how when she's fifteen years old, she starts teaching. I mean, can you imagine a 15-year-old nowadays start teaching a school? No. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that did kind of throw me for a loop because I'm listening to this. I'm like, man, this is actually a pretty good book. And then she says, yeah, I'm on my second week of teaching, and I'm only 15. What am I supposed to, you know, how will I be, what, how will this be perceived Cause I got to do good. I'm like 15. What? Yeah, she had problems with the class because she had one kid that was acting up, and she didn't know how to do anything. Cause she's like, I'm shorter. I'm like sm- literally smaller than the kids in the class, and so she was trying to figure out how to manage them. And she realized that's what she's doing. She's managing them. And I, it just brought to thought how teachers nowadays are managerial but even more than that there's something different right a teacher nowadays is way different than they would have been back then yeah because from the way it seemed in that book is that everything was somewhat self-directed the teacher said this is what i expect you to learn now you take the time that you're in this class away from home having to do farm stuff Mm -hmm. and learn that thing it was almost like a study hall yeah so, like, basically you were given study hall homework, and you did it. And you memorized, because it's all memorization. And then you get a, a, in front of the whole class, and you recite it. Well, not necessarily in front of the whole class. It. You just recite in front of the teacher. Yeah. You'd have to come up to the front, but you're not in front of the whole class, because they should be engrossed doing in doing their own study. Yeah. But that's a one-room one classroom. It's almost like homeschooling. <laughs> Which, I, I mean, I guess it was. It's a one-room schoolhouse. Which would make sense as to why homework exists the way it does. is because it came from a system of schooling in which home schooling was important. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, my God. Howdy. What do you have to say? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to hide this banner for now. Actually, let's see. If we come on here, let me hit... Hide. Make it a ticker? There you go. 
All right, guys, we're fin we're figuring this go. out. Now, I don't want to have to buy another subscription without anybody actually subscribing <laughs> or donating to what we're doing. Oh, speaking of which. We do have Buy Me a Coffee now, which I talked about last week. If you go to our website, Jessica has put uh, an annoying little uh, coffee widget cup. on there. And when you click on it, it'll immediately pop up and tell you that we have this account. And you can donate however much you want to. Yep. As little as a dollar. Actually, let's... Because you know what I can do now? Easy. I th Well. <laughs> hold on. If I go to present, it's going to tell me... But I can't, I bet you. Share screen. Share screen. This one. Share. It works. Wow. Alright, All right, I guess it works. What did I do? Alright, here we go. So now you can, here's our website, right? Let me hide this ticker for a minute. Down in the very bottom right corner, there's a little coffee cup. And if you click it, it brings up a thing and it tells you you can buy us a coffee. And you can... Fifty coffees. <laughs> It'll and you you go in here. Port with. For some reason, this widget's being silly today. Or or here's the thing. You get this little thing right here, buymeacoffee.com slash calls on the coast. If you go there, which I have to change my screen. We are trying to raise the money for a new computer in order to be able to do more with our podcast. So if you're sharing and supporting um, financially for us, that's where the money is going to go to. All right. So you click on that little thing in the bottom, and it brings you this web page here, which you should be able to click on however much you want. Oh, there you go. Now it's changing it. So if you, you can change this to say, I want to support with 50. Well, there's 50 coffees worth of you know, money, if you mm -hmm. want to support that much. And you can go to the top right, and that says wish list. Yeah, this right here. And you can see what we're... It tells your goals. You can click on the goal. And then you can contribute. You can fund the whole thing. You can contribute a certain amount to it. And I think it'll, yeah, it'll build it up on this counter up here. It'll tell you how far we are on the goal. Which is better than like a GoFundMe because you know that you're supporting somebody that's creating content for you and you get to see what it is we're actually trying to do. 
And then there's, of course, there's a little gallery of random pictures and like a, you know, Facebook. We, we can post stuff on here and whatnot. But it's mainly, it's an easier thing to use than Subscribestar because Subscribestar, either you have us posting stuff that you're not interested in but you're paying for it monthly or... There's the option for us to upload certain things, and you can pay to see those certain things. Which, so. I mean, I don't like doing subscription tiers for certain things, because I think if you're going to be a content creator, and you're going to do podcasts, the podcast is meant for people to actually have and see and listen to, not to be stuck behind a paywall. If you want to support us, then you, you're going to support us because you think what we're doing is valuable. So. All right. So that's that. I'll turn this back on. Um. Yeah, I like this. This is nice. I could add background music if we were feeling like it. So I guess Facebook will save this video. It'll be available after the fact. Um, we're also recording this, so then we'll post it as a podcast. Right now we've got the children interrupting us for something. All right. All right, so let me look. I had brought up an issue earlier today. And that's what we were going to talk about. What about. What are we talking about? I don't know. I was going to talk about Alabama politics, but nobody really wants to listen to that. Nah. Well, all right, this, this is what I'm going to say. Alabama likes to make a big deal about their education budget being earmarked for education. However, if the governor happens to have a pet project, that doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. That's all I was going to say. It, it Don't say things are done a certain way. To make things... You know, don't say it's earmarked so we don't spend on something else. And then go and spend it on something else. And justifying it by saying that it helps education in this way. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's not really honest. And... It's a water a park, y'all. There's not a whole lot. No, well, that's one thing. <laughs> no, the whole education thing was for the pr new prisons. New prisons. Yeah. Oh, okay. So and we're gonna support education through. Uh, there is speculation that Alabama Medicaid and Medicare expansion didn't happen because they used those funds to build a new water park. Oh, and I can tell you guys, Alabama Medicaid sucks. Real bad. We had some Alabama Medicaid while I was pregnant. Didn't use it because it was that bad. <laughs> It's bad when you pay out of pocket for a, uh, a midwife rather than using the state-sponsored free um, medicine. Yeah, they were. Uh, my social worker was supposed to call and check on me, and she never did. So, you I barely had, even got in with her to talk to her. The I first time. I barely got in with to talk to her, and she was angry at me 
for being upset with her that she wasn't calling me at the time she said she would call me, which I still don't understand. No, no, no. I, no, no, no. It was worse than that. It's not that she was going to call me. I had to call her at the time of our appointment. That's what was worse. If it's an appointment time, wouldn't you think the person should be calling you? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was terrible. We yeah. can go in that some other time. <laughs> Made me feel really bad. I did find out that apparently in Mobile, 51% of pregnant women are on Medicaid. So that that's well, pretty crazy. It's not surprising considering... Yeah, Alright, so here, here... Alabama looks like an A with a little... Hold on. I've got to... Can I swap the screen around so it's reversed? I, I don't know if it matters what Alabama looks like, but... You know how Alabama looks like. It looks like an A with a little peninsula at the bottom. Yeah, that, that, that looks right. So an A with a peninsula. <laughs> if you live down here in the peninsula, you do relatively well. If you live in the top one-third of the A, so above Montgomery, so Prattville Huntsville. up to Huntsville, you do relatively well. If you live anywhere in between, your access to good medicine just, I mean, Medicaid for all, the, the stupid Obamacare and stuff, that all aside, your access to a decent hospital in a decent amount of time in this two-thirds of Alabama is practically non-existent. Yeah. And I can say for a fact, where I grew up in Greenville, the hospital there was abysmal for many, many, many years. And it's just now to where they've gotten to be a UAB-sanctioned hospital. And I don't, I still don't know if they're a whole lot better than they were. You would have to drive 45 minutes to Montgomery to go to a hospital that was somewhat decent in order to get care. Well, it's, it's interesting because a lot of the hospitals around here that get better, they get better in long enough to get a grant, <laughs> yeah. a state or federal grant, and then they just go back to their old ways. Um, one of our local hospitals here was baby-friendly just long enough to get a grant and get a whole new maternity wing, and then they completely left all the practices they've been doing. And let's see. So Greenville is at least on the interstate. You can get to Montgomery relatively quickly. If you live in Camden, there's not a hospital in Camden. You're pretty much out of luck. Lowndes County, there's not a whole lot in Lowndes County. You have to drive to Montgomery or Greenville. Um, I mean, there's a reason why, if you look at the statistics, actually, let's pull this up. Um, what is it? Infant mortality rate? Mm -hmm. in Alabama pretty much any health statistics you look up in Alabama is going to be pretty abysmal so what does it say that uh, 7 I, I, it's 7 tenths of a percent which in 2020 they had an infant mortality rate of uh, 7.2%, which was the lowest in five decades. But but it's because there's not enough support for this section. Yeah. I mean, all right, so 
if you go and you listen to folks and they talk about how there's not fair access to driver's license, to voter registration, to stuff like that, it's because these rural areas really don't have a whole lot. So there's one community center that's in the center of a small town or in the major uh, like county seat of a county, and everything else is just far away from it. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, I'm not trying to be too political. I'm just trying to raise awareness for the middle of Alabama because... Baldwin County, Mobile County, Montgomery County, well, specific portions of Montgomery County, Huntsville, Birmingham. We're not the ones that need all this. And the way things are set up, that's where all the stuff goes to. The funds go to the places where all the stuff happens. And that's not... Well, it goes to the people with the most population first and then out to everybody. Out to the ones where the money's made second. If you want to move to Lowndes County and start a homestead, feel free. It's cheap. Fort Deposit, I think, is almost all up for sale. You can buy the whole city <laughs> for $145,000. Just depends on what you want everything around you to look like. The problem with where you grew up, it's just, it's, it doesn't have a Publix. <laughs> if Fairhope wasn't hogging all the Publixes, we'd have... <laughs> Fairhope is... <laughs> Right now, they have two Publixes. When the other one opens, they'll have three. And then supposedly the one that was already there will close once the second new one opens. We don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know how annoying the children are right now, but they continue to come in and out. So I'm sorry about that, guys. If there are people on our live stream, they could comment and tell us about it. But no one's watching. No one's commenting. It's okay. We didn't. We didn't tell anybody we were doing this. We have just been chatting for a you long time. You should go on your um, Facebook and tell people. I could. All right. So we need, we what, need one person to interact. Text Victoria and tell her. Um. So PSA and USA versus UK. Charlie, tell me about it. What are you talking about? I don't know. You said there was something to talk about. Hold on. Say, say all this. I'm texting people. To get on this stream. Hold on. Okay, well, We've got to make this stream look like we have people that actually listen to what we say. Oh, do we? Yeah. Since this will be cemented in time immemorial, <laughs> it will always be on the internet. Hey, guys. So, if you're interested in us doing this again, you're going to have to let us know. No, we'll do it again. We're going to we'll do, do it, it again. again forever. Because there's a reason why Jack Spearco and all the other content creators do a live stream. And... Just turn on Audible and let it record the whole time because it's easy to to cut and splice your audio stream however you want to do it, and it's easy to um, just turn on the video. And especially for random stuff that we want to talk about, it's easier to show you than it is to just talk about it. And so, all right, let's do this. Because <laughs> last week that. This came up multiple times. Um, you know, we ha we had the whole. Uh... We we had a couple of very glowing reviews over our last episode. That's what we say. That's what we say. Oh wait, I can. No, do... we really did. I can do the whole window. Ooh. Okay, now we can, can see, see everything see. that I've got pulled up. Great. So you can you can type in uh, 
pregnant mom crochet Oh, we're going to talk about that again? I'm just going to show it because this is just way too interesting not to show. There's one. All right, so here it is. We talked about this last time. So those on the audio, I'm sorry, you can't see it. It's okay. If they want to see it, they can go to Facebook. Eventually, we'll have this on everything else. But it's a crochet doll. I'm like, here's the video. Oh, she's got a baby. Oh, baby's coming. I still think, it, you know, I don't want to get it for my kids necessarily, I don't think, but it's quite a piece of art. <laughs> I just think it's... Look, look, look. I'm used to this. I'm used to seeing, like... The crocheted animals that oh, crap. give birth even to have the this. belly. No, it's just a little... It's, it's a... Oh, it is literally just the crocheted animals. A cat and kittens that's crocheted together. <laughs> my granny used to make these things. My sister had one for a long time. Actually, she may still have one. Anyway, like sort of like that. Not not exactly, but but to see things that are crocheted and so intricate and detailed it is pretty amazing I, I don't know how to do it that was another thing that Laura Ingalls Wilder talked about in her book is the fact that she used to crochet lace and I was like how amazing it would be to sit there and just create your own lace my granny would do lace I don't know if that's is that crocheting or, or knitting I think it's crochet it's probably crochet but yeah because yeah. the lace is the yeah, no, 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 that's crochet. That's amazing to me. and my, But my granny would do that, and she showed me some of her lace, and she made doilies until, you know, she got too old. She'd lived to be, like, 90... 92? 93? I don't remember. My daughter, our oldest, was born on her birthday, but she had, been um, she had died a few years before, so... What? Anyway, yeah. What did you say? My granny died while I was in college. Oh, yeah, that's right. Adelaide's born on her birthday. Yeah. So. That's what you said. That's what I said. Sorry, I didn't hear it. <laughs> but anyway, so that's what I'm used to with crochet. Oh, wow. This is awesome. Anyway, so one of the things that I've been doing is looking into zero shoes or moccasins as a form of shoes for myself. Why? My feet are killing me. I have run out of most of my favorite shoes, and I now have a couple pair of flats. I have, well, one's like a small wedge, but it's a narrower shoe towards the end, and um, and they're they're my black dress shoes, and they hurt my feet. I, I just don't even wear them. So I've just been wearing my black ballet flats, but they squeeze my feet, and I have, like, wannabe bunions, and we have found out that if... You squeeze your toes in, especially when you're younger, then it creates um, bunions as you get older. And I don't have bunions, but they're they're like trying to be bunions. Like if I don't take care of my feet, they will become bunions. Oh, here it is. Here it is. So, as you folks may know, that's my son. He's he's got his tablet. He's coming to show us um, 
Fireman Sam. But as you may know, we've like fallen off the pit into this. Um, crunchy mindset, which isn't necessarily bad as long as you're not smoking essential oils or something. <laughs> but see, look, I saw this picture the other day on Facebook. Oh, this my. particular Indian tribe has these splayed toes, which is what happens when you don't wear shoes. Like, their feet, over the years of, not, of being barefoot, have adapted to this particular, you know, setup. Which is if you, if you look, so when you wear shoes and whatnot, you end up with, like, this. Huh. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody with feet like that. I like this. You, oh, yeah. Your foot is supposed to look like this. And then we wear shoes, Let's which our toes together. conform our feet to this. And then you have terrible hang or ingrown nails in your big toe and stuff like that, where if you weren't to wear any shoes, you would have these <coughs> crazy looking feet that would splay out and do whatever they want. I don't think most people would want feet to look like that, though. It's not about how they look. It's about the fact, can you walk? That's true. Does walking actually, feel comfortable for you, I or was... does it hurt? I mean, it doesn't do you any good if you walk in pain versus walking in comfort. Which, currently, I'm walking in pain all the time. So, Which I is mean, probably also because I walked barefoot as much as I could when I was pregnant. Um, it helped with my balance and stuff. I didn't have any issues while, with balance. But um, I was talking to my therapist the other day, and she was saying how one day she got a call from her son's school, and he was they were saying how he just kept falling down at recess and all this stuff. And she said, well, take his shoes off. And then it completely corrected the problem right away. She's like, yeah, his shoes were too small. So it something so small like that can really change everything about your balance or whatever. So, but we'll stop showing your feet. Uh, go ahead and start talking about what you were going to talk about. But what are we going to talk about? That's not going to. But anyway. I don't know what we we're going to talk about. The fact that, all right, let's, oh yeah, the, the, the PSAs. So over the last few days, I've been looking at United Kingdom public service announcements. And if you've never seen these things, they're terribly um, gruesome in their depictions. They tend to get the point across a lot more effectively than the United States PSAs. And... Sorry about that. I was telling, I was telling them how United Kingdom PSAs tend to get the point across more effectively because they're way more gruesome than the United States PSAs. Okay. Um, like so, about what? Let's say, um, drunk driving, right? In... It, 
most of you have probably seen the um, Buzz Driving is Drunk Driving PSA that's been played in Alabama where they somebody gets pulled over. You know, you hear them thinking, I'm just going to drive slow. It'll be okay. And they get pulled over. And then they say, sir, have you been drinking tonight? And they open, you know, they open the door and all the all the alcohol flows out of the car or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, in the UK, I mean, that just, like, it could ruin more than just your night. It could ruin your your life, ten thousands of dollars, you know, tens of thousands of dollars and fines and whatnot. In the UK, they just have where you're driving down, like, you leave the bar, you get in the car, you drive down the road, and then you wreck and kill somebody. <laughs> And you see the bloody body on the street. And oh it's like, my gosh. drunk driving kills. Don't drink and drive. Like, <laughs> or with the seatbelts. In Alabama, we had the click it or ticket campaign. And it's like, it's literally, you see, you get pulled over by a cop, and then it says click it or ticket. And then in the UK, it's like, they had, um, I guess it was like in the 80s, they had clunk. Like your door. Your door makes a clunk sound when you close it. Clunk and click. That was the two steps to, <laughs> to keep you from dying. And if you didn't do that, you would be in a car accident, you'd fly out the windshield, and you'd be dead on the street. Well, there you go. That is the reason my parents always wear seatbelts and always made sure we were in seatbelts. My dad, well, I think, and maybe my mom, I can't remember, saw someone fly out of their car. During a terrible accident. Look, that works both ways because I know someone <laughs> that. All right, so if if you've never been to Mobile, we have this thing called the uh, the Mobile Bayway. It runs across Mobile Bay. It's I ten, and it's notorious for its terrible tunnel that enters in and exits at a ninety degree angle, and the fact that it um always has a wreck somewhere on the bridge. And someone that I know actually witnessed a large accident on the Bayway and a woman who was stuck in her vehicle and burned to death because they couldn't get the seatbelt off of her. And so he doesn't wear a seatbelt specifically for that reason. See, he thinks they're death traps. I mean, so, I mean, depends on how you look at it. Statistically, it's probably saved more people than not, but not not without a change in. Um, there's always a trade-off, right? Because a specific um, intersection on Highway 29 in Florida didn't have a stoplight for a very long time, and everybody said, "Well, if we put a stoplight here, we won't have any more accidents. It'll cure the whole issue." And, and a lot of people light. said, if you put a stoplight here, you will have more accidents because you have a light. Because there's so many people that have driven through this area that are not expecting a stoplight. And I think they're still having accidents because there's a red light and people don't think about the fact there's a red light there now. So, <laughs> I mean, eventually, right, that's, that's like the transition period. You, you're going to have more more accidents before it'll get worse before it gets better it's like yeah. always the deal but so that's i'm not gonna show you any of that stuff oh, well nah i could because nah. it's a live stream but then our video might get blocked you'd never see it again 
but I'm not trying to monetize on YouTube or anything. So once YouTube says yes, you can live stream, then we'll be there. Everything's fair game as long as it's on a video that's on YouTube that I can show on the other screen. <laughs> There's baby. Say hi, baby. She's our blondest so far. Got a little bit of strawberry in there. All right, so what were you going to say about fast food being a fraud? I don't know. I was just going to say that, you know, the fast food places around here are not fast. We don't usually eat out, like, incredibly rarely. But today was one of those days where where we were going to get lunch, didn't have any lunch left, and they didn't have an option for Casper whatsoever, who is our fructose intolerance child who cannot eat wheat, cannot eat fructose, cannot eat... Uh, probably spices. He's probably he probably can't have spices. Um, we haven't gone that far to really check that, but <laughs> he has a very hard time. He has he has IBS symptoms from those things. So he needed something to eat. We were gonna stop and get him some French fries. And Arby's did fine. Arby's is okay. McDonald's, however. All right. Oh my god. I think this is the real issue is McDonald's. You are known for having fast service. In Baldwin County, at least, you have no fast service whatsoever, regardless of who owns the franchise. Every McDonald's we go to in Baldwin County is abysmally slow, has no one working there, and it's just total crap. And it's always been that way. Ever since I've been around, at least, I guess it's because I moved here. The last nine years you, you can't get a decent hamburger in Baldwin County at a McDonald's which again we are crunchy enough to where that is not a place that we frequent it's incredibly rare at this point of time but when we first got married mm -mm. he he might be worse about it but yeah I'm worse about it than she is whenever we still didn't we do that first, when we first got, got married, married or before we first got married I mean we, we, would, together, we, would, we would go, go. get a, an egg McMuffin or not the other thing, the griddle, the good yeah. ones. Um, or we, just stop in for like a soda or something back in the day. We go get we a Coke because the Cokes are good. But then you you go to these ones around here and they're... Out of the... They don't have any carbon syrup. Carbon water or Yeah, the they don't have any carbonation. Or... And it's like, wait. Look at us drinking all our water and I know, other yeah. beverages of different sorts. Yeah, Bella was telling everybody to drink water earlier. <laughs> But, like, someone, they're always out of stuff. You know, it's bad management. And maybe that's part of, like, the whole the whole employment crisis that we're going through right now. The great resignation. Look, I like blending with my seat. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> the great resignation and all that stuff. Maybe it's not because people don't want to work. Maybe it's because the management sucks and no one wants to deal with the people that are there at the places. Well, who wants to be a manager of these people who don't want to be at their job anyway for, I don't, what is it, like $15 an hour? Well, I mean, all right, so. Like, what can you do with that? How can you raise a family on that? Well, all right, so speaking from the perspective of somebody that's seen their friend get promoted to manager recently, it changes the way you look at things because all of a sudden, once you get to be part of a manager, you're now in a different structure. To where you're no longer responsible for your actions there. You're responsible for the actions of others. And if you have one person on your team that doesn't do well, you are judged strictly based on that one person. 
or if something in the company isn't functioning correctly to allow your team to do their job efficiently, you are judged only based on your team's efficiency, not on the circumstances that cause that lack of efficiency. So, you become a manager, now you gotta, basically, every mid-level manager holds the weight of the entire company on their shoulders because it's up to them to make sure that they do the best they can even though the other ones aren't supporting them. Hmm. And if you're a decent manager, you understand that your people do their job as well as they can when they're doing it. If they don't, you fire those folks. But for the people that are there every day and they do their job, you under, you know, because you, you're dealing with them every day, that they do their job to the best of their ability. But then you, for no fault of your own and no fault of your team, they can't do that job as effectively as they can. And so if you're a good one, you don't play the blame game and say that it's somebody else's fault. You take it on yourself and say, yes, we need to do better, which then makes your team feel more um, or less appreciated because now what they're doing, what they thought they were doing a good job of, isn't appreciated and they're told to do better. Better than they were doing even though they may have been doing the best of the whole company. So, I mean, it, it's a two-edged sword. Maybe there's other things we need to look at rather than just blaming people for wanting to get unemployment. Which, Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's just, that's just my um, looking at how McDonald's is. Because I wouldn't <laughs> want to work for any of these places because... The fact that they don't have any supplies at these, you know, restaurants, it shows that there's bad management at the actual restaurant level. There's bad management at the district level, and I'm I wouldn't want to be an employee to catch flack for something that my manager didn't take care of. That's true. And so if there's only two of us working, you know, and I can't cook, I mean, I yeah, see, it went from us to complain about how bad the restaurants are to dissecting the whole issue because if i go to mcdonald's and i order a double quarter pounder with cheese it's not their fault that it takes four minutes to cook that sandwich but whose fault is it when they hand me the sandwich and then they say sorry we can't give you a sweet tea we don't have any sugar to make the recipe with right you know, do you want to do you want a water or would you rather have a sprite because that's the only thing we have syrup in stock for Anyway, yeah. But we we don't condone eating at McDonald's. That's that's not a typical. It's not something I ever want to do. Speaking of McDonald's, so bovine spongiform encephalopathy, that is a big issue. Ooh. Okay. It's called mad cow disease. And if you've never looked up and watched the little documentaries on mad cow disease in Great Britain, you need to. Because it opens a whole little perspective of how during the whole mad cow breakout during the 1980s, 1990s, it was only one subset of a specific genome of people that actually contracted mad cow disease. Because the, um, the prions only affected that particular subset. And there's postulation and speculation that if for some reason the genetic factors switch 
for other subsets, you may see a whole nother breakout of mad cow disease in that population that's now 50, 60 years old. Oh. And that's... The only reason I bring this up is because chronic wasting disease in the deer population in North America and Norway and Greenland and all these other places, in Canada, South Korea, um, it's similar. It's a prion disease. It does the same thing. You have a misfolded protein which gets in your body and then tells the rest of your proteins to misfold and then causes this um, brain infection. This brain um, disintegration. But the thing is, is people around here don't report their deer or their... They report them. You're required to report them if you kill them in Alabama. But you're not required to send a portion in for testing before you slaughter the, you know, process and eat it. And the thing is, is we have chronic wasting disease in Alabama now. It's crossed the border. It's here. So, are we creating a similar situation with mal like with mad cow disease, where you have a whole subset? Because right now it's not crossed over to humans, but when it does, if it does, I should say not if, but when it does, is there going to be a subset of people that have eaten chronic wasting disease infected deer, not knowing it, that will have this brain infection occur? It's just a topic. It's just a topic. He likes to talk about that. Post a comment. Let's see. Hold on. Um, let's see. We're going to go check the comments real quick. See if anybody is commenting. Our oldest daughter played in her first piano recital this past weekend. That was fun. Were you impressed? I was impressed that she figured out how to go bow and then bow when she was she watched the other folks go up there and bow before and after their performance and she she had it down pat just in a couple of seconds. We did coach her first. Who? Me. Well look, she's six and she actually remembered all that coaching. She did. She did very well. I was very impressed. Alright, let's look here. So, um, for anyone who is going to be around next Sunday, we always do our recording on Sunday, and we're going to try to be more frequent with these lives, if not weekly. So, look for us next week. Hopefully, we won't have a fussy baby. I think she might be trying to get sick again. All right, let's look. Uh, let's see. So, Charlie Cole just posted... <laughs> Someone's a cheater. He just posted a comment and said uh, to explain more about the Universal deck. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll entertain that particular topic. So, as, I, as we talked about in the Universal Game Kit episode, there is a deck of cards called the Universal deck. And now that we have StreamYard going and we can actually bring this up, it makes sense to do it. And, of course, it's not going to bring up... The thing. All right, let's see. Trevor Cooley. All right, so what what it is is there is a man named Trevor Cooley who writes a book series called The Bowl of Souls. And as he was writing the series, it, it's a 
it's a you know within the realm of like Lord of the Rings or you know Dungeons and Dragons fantasy type genre. And as he was trying to develop the magic system to use in this, he remembered that his dad created a card game back in 1977 called the Universal Deck. And it was actually, what, the year after he was born that... So he was born in 76. And, uh... Anyway. He, he used it just exactly as it was. Said the Universal deck. He used that as his magic system. So the, the wizards, the mages, or whatever, they go into the special library where you've got these areas that are blue and yellow or red and black... And um, they use the universal deck to actually teach the magic to other people. While all the commoners take and play regular games with it, not knowing that it's a special thing. Which, if you look in other, like, history... If you look in actual history, people that, like, use tarot for divination will say the same thing about the tarot playing cards they say oh we'll see they're playing it with playing cards because they don't understand the power that it has when you do it this way it's basically the same idea i see right but see here it is it's uh it's got these alphabet cards here got a double a an f an e a g an a actually there's no g in these but um so as it turns out, I talked to the to the um, guy that wrote it, or that created this. His name is Wayne Cooley, and he told me that when he created it, he named it Universal, not realizing that there was a company in Hong Kong that actually had that trademark already. So he contacted them. They allowed him to go ahead and produce the two runs of decks that he had already ordered, named Universal. However, he has got a whole bunch of them left over. You can still buy from him vintage from 1977 but he told me that when he goes to redo it he's going to relabel it unity so this is this will be what it looks like on the the title well probably won't say unity this this little universal this deck box instead of saying universal it'll say unity and then on the side it'll say unity so that'll be whenever he reprints it okay which he's planning on reprinting it but on top of it changing that the current paid or the current card setup that you see here, F is the highest you'll go in the letters. There is no G, and there's no card inside of the deck that tells you the the um, the the cross reference between the different. See, here it is. The cross reference between the different decks because the Unity deck, or the Universal deck, you have double A, double E, and then A. To F, and then that cross references to these different cards within a poker deck. But there's actually a there's one letter missing, G. G should be here. This should all be shifted down. G counts as two, X counts as one, or G counts as three, X counts as two. The bug, whatever you call it, the bug card. It's look like an asterisk, but. I only found that out because I decided to email the dude and ask him what was going on with it. Why there was, why things didn't look right, even though it's supposed to match up one to one. 
that down. All right. All right, let's check the comments again. Uh, looks like we have another comment. It says, um, please tell me more about what you're growing in your garden. Well, let's see. Um, Jessica, so tell everybody we're, we're currently growing tomatoes, which have been getting little baby hornworms on them. And we had me and Adelaide got out there trying to pick them all off the other day, along with the little red bugs. What are those called? They look like a demon fire ant, but it's much bigger. I don't know. I don't know. And then the tomato bugs, like the little beetle tomato bugs. We were getting all those off the other day. I need to do it again tonight because these bugs, if you don't get them twice a day, they will overtake your tomatoes. It's very unfortunate that it's so much work. Uh, we have Tromboscino squash coming up. The Japanese noodles are coming up, right? The noodle beans? Or is that the other ones that are doing? Well, we've got, we've got Chinese red noodle beans, which are growing better now which the whole point of them being red is that you see them in contrast to the green vine. So you can see them and spot them more, more effectively. Um, we've got Japanese Ichiban eggplants growing. And we've got two or three little babies on the plants right now. We've got jalapenos. We've got Indian python beans, Chinese python beans. I thought that's what wasn't coming up. No, they're growing too. Oh, okay. Um, they are, they're working fairly well. We have Armenian cucumbers that are growing. So, I want to ask you, why did we plant Tromboscino squash? Because they are a dual-purpose gourd, right? I don't know. I always fail the question. I didn't pick the plants. He did. They're dual-purpose because they you can use them as a summer squash if you eat them young. Or you can let them grow on the vine, and they can develop a hard shell and be kind of like a pumpkin. You can bring them in the house and keep them over winter and have food stock whenever it's cold outside. So you've got vegetables to eat. I knew that part. That's, but I keep thinking that it's a... You think it's a gourd, gourd, because like the Armenian cucumbers, those are gourds. The python beans are gourds. The Oh, we also have... Um, Eggplants. We have running okra planted oh. somewhere, and I don't know where it's planted. <laughs> I meant to label all this stuff, and I went in the house and instantly forgot. Anyway, we're but we have out. a lot of gourds that are growing, and uh, yeah, and we we've got the eggplants coming up, which are a special eggplant. You that, can eat them raw, basically. Yeah, they're they're made to eat raw, which is nice because. Sometimes. Who wants to soak? Doing yeah, soak eggplant stir fry with regular eggplants is a lot of. There's a lot of effort that goes into that because you need to soak it in salt water to pull out some of the bitterness, and peel it because the skin's not tender. Just is it worth it? I don't know. Maybe. It is yummy. If you're to make selling it for twenty five dollars to plate at a restaurant, it's worth it. But yeah, not when you're just making it for a dinner and you're trying to do be pretty quick about it. Yeah, so we're we're looking forward to our crops. I hope they do well. It looks like our eggplant are doing really well. It looks like our tomatoes hopefully will do well. We did get one little tomato, but it did get infested by bugs. So 
we're hoping that go by going out there and picking it off that it'll and that and we put something on them recently to try to kill some of the bugs too well it was that dr earth uh essential oil spray what i should be using is ballastol because i claim that ballastol worked fantastic i thought you said that wouldn't work for fuzzy plants that is what i said you don't want to spray it on fuzzy plant leaves because it will actually kill and some other plants so it, it makes it difficult trying to kill stuff on tomato plants because you don't want to spray something that'll kill them and you don't really want to put like seven dust you don't want to put a, neuro, a neurotoxin on a plant and then feed it to your family because if you've ever sprayed like roach poison out we found this this morning we had a roach dead in the house because we we recently sprayed i picked the roach up and he was still twitching he was like pretty much just paralyzed because of the spray and do you really want your family eating something that's going to paralyze an insect because i mean we've seen things with like agent orange right it's an it's a herbicide but it causes terrible you know effects to human beings yeah ddt i mean it's a forever chemical but I don't know if it actually caused any real effects in humans other than the fact that it persists as long as it does. Yep. So we've got that going. We've got muscadines on our vines. We've got... Uh... Demon fire. <laughs> <laughs> the muscadines. There's no muscadines really right now. It's We've, we've got a lot of flowers on the plant. And... As things go, they'll grow. I mean, we've gotten to, like, September, so hopefully we've got a good good batch this year. We've been trying to prune this plant. One of them's been pruned relatively seasonally. Um, the other one looks like it had been let go for a long time. We yeah. cut it back as far as we... We cut it back, and it literally was back to just ancient wood. Yeah. And now we've we've kind of it's kind of grown back. So maybe we'll get some more muscadines out of that one. I hope so. Cuz there's two different varieties. We've got like this yellow variety and we've got a red variety and it'd be nice to have both. It would. Cuz although they'll probably um pollinate together to some extent. I think these are perfect varieties. I think they're actually self-pollinating. Yeah. So okay. you don't have that. Yeah. Which is probably why he's got the two different varieties planted out here. Probably. But we're pretty excited about it. It'd be nice to have some variety in our muscadine jelly that we make. Rather than just having a red one, we'll have a red and a white one. Yeah. So. If we get enough. We've got figs are starting to come up on our fig tree. Um, I have a pumpkin on our accidental pumpkin plant. We our compost a, pumpkin plant. Our compost pumpkin plant. We have onions that we decided to throw in the ground that were rotting, and they're doing pretty good. Better than the starts that we got. So, well, we'll I mean, see. the starts are, are starts. And I don't know. Maybe I just read my thing wrong. I thought onions were supposed to grow relatively quickly and be ready to harvest after you planted them in like a couple months, but I don't, guess I don't so. know. I, I've seen on Instagram where people around here have already harvested their onions and they're drying them out. And yeah, ours are not done. I don't know. I, I must have done something wrong. We are still learning, guys. Um, there's lots of learning happening here. I think I have an, I have an idea. But. 
So um, I think that this has been a pretty long podcast, so we might need to start wrapping up. It won't be long once we edit it. It'll be about 15 minutes. <laughs> but, yeah. Keep, keep an eye on us. We'll do this again. If we have somebody... All right, so here's here's our breakdown of what we're having to pay for monthly currently. We have a website that costs about $10 a month. We have Podbean, which costs us about $15 a month. And that $15 basically gives you the ability to find all of our podcasts at one time on Spotify. Without that 15 bucks, we would have to pull podcasts off mm-hmm. as we put new ones on. So you wouldn't be able to find the old ones. Um... Except going to our webpage. You could probably always go there and find it. Yeah, probably. We Well, the way we were doing it originally, we were uploading a media file to the webpage and then linking to that file directly so that you could go to each individual blog post and pull up the hard-coded file. What we've been doing recently is posting it from Pod, Podbean, so we would have to go in and upload the media. You would find it eventually. We've only, we're not very far into it. And then... If you like the live streams, when we if we ever upgrade in in StreamYard, we'll be able to put our own. So like uh, in the very top right corner, let's see. Sorry, this isn't mirrored. Right here, there's a powered by StreamYard. It we could change that to Coles on the Coast. It could have our little logo. I mean, as you see, we already have the little. Hold on, there that our name and the little banner that runs across the bottom those all that that's free but we can only stream to one place so it either be Facebook or YouTube or Twitter and we can't change that logo over there so if we get a subscription to this we could change the logo and stream to multiple places at a time but there's a lot to you know I think it's what thirty bucks a month or something like that. Of course, the year one is less expensive. But if we have somebody, if you enjoyed this and you want to support us, feel free. Go to the buy me you know coffee. the buy me a coffee thing and select however many coffees you want to buy. If you want to get us Bitcoin or anything like that, you can just send us an email. We'll tell you what to do with that. Go on Noster, create your account, follow us with our public key that's in the, the doodad. Actually, can I do that? I can't. Hold on. Uh, you can always call Charlie Small Engines, where he will help fix your engine if you're local. There's a small fee for traveling if you want him to come to you, or you can drop it off to us. And you can call Jessica, myself, if you want to learn violin, viola, cello, piano. Um, just know that I'm, I do have a day job, so. For now. So, all right, so this is funny. I've had, like, all right, my, my, the Noster public key is now posted in the comments that will be available underneath this later on. Actually, do we have somebody watching this? Oh. Coles on the Coast comment on the video. Darn it. Nobody's watched this other than me. <laughs> but, uh, 
I've had people recently ask me if I started my own business. And I say yes, and they tell me, well, good for you. I hope you do well in it. Well, great. So, I mean, which is true. I have started my own business. But the issue is, is that I also work a day job. So I'm trying to work this business in the afternoons. And so my schedule's a little bit tight. <laughs> so if you call me, understand that I'm trying to work within a, a time frame, especially right now. This week is a little bit hectic. Once we get into the summer, things kind of clear up just a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, I always try to make sure that I get your information from you so that you, I know what equipment I'm working on and so that you know what to expect from me and what day that I'll be there. And, and that's kind of the whole thing is that I want to be, I want to communicate with you well so that I understand what you need and you understand what I need from you. That way we don't have an issue and we're not having to come back by two or three times in a week. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that was my whole little my spiel. Just don't expect too much at this time. I mean, expect good service. I want to do well for you. If you call me, I want to make sure that your equipment is working. I don't want to leave you with a bill and a piece of equipment that I didn't wasn't able to fix. So I'm not going to charge you for something that I cannot handle. But yeah. All right. Is that everything? I think that's all we had written you down. You talked about your shoes. You talked about fast food. Yeah. You talked about public service announcements and Noster and We will get to we'll get to a point where we do some other um more topic oriented podcasts. I think in the future, we, we haven't covered first aid kits necessarily. Um, we haven't covered um, building a pantry. We haven't covered uh, what wild crafting, herbs and whatnot. Yeah. Making home remedies from what you can buy at the grocery store, stuff like that. So we'll we'll get there. We just there's a lot of research and background that has to go into these things, and it takes a little bit more than what we have at the moment to to invest in. And We're also trying to get things set up so that we can do interviews. So if you're somebody that knows a lot about one of these subjects or something similar um, in preparedness, homesteading, life, then please shoot us an email. We can get you out a questionnaire, which just gives us an idea about what you want to talk about. Yeah, so and, the, um, we're working on that. Let's talk about that real quick. If, all right, I should probably go onto the website and create a interview questionnaire page. You go on there. If you want to be interviewed, you fill out who you are, where you're from, and then give us eight questions. Eight. Eight, four times two is eight. Eight. Right. Um, Eight questions that you would like us to ask so that you know the answer to them and that we know that you know the answer to them. Because it always goes better if I can ask you a question and you can respond well and that there's a dialogue that flows through. Um, that's how most of the podcasters that I listen to run their interviews. Doesn't mean that you, you know, 
if I ask when I ask you the question, you have however long you want to talk to answer that thing. That can be just like a jump off point for a topic for you to talk about. And then when you get to a stopping point, I'll go to the next one. But don't think it I'm not trying to degrade you by asking you to give me eight questions for me to ask you. I need a I need something to go off of cuz otherwise I'm just asking you random questions about something that I mean honestly if you send me an interview and say hey I know about building barns I would like to be interviewed well I don't know anything about building barns where do I start to ask you a question at you know so it helps me help you and then you get a little bit of visibility because there's 83 people that watch us on Facebook a million a million there's not a million people. It's something. There's 83 follow. We have 83 followers on Facebook. We've got, you know, 34 followers on Instagram. So that you've got at least 100 folks that might look at something and see you. So. Anyway, I think that's enough for today. I need to go see if my chickens ate the pears that I threw in there. Pears? Where'd I you get pears from? I threw some frozen pears in the co- in the run. Oh. <laughs> well, anyway. They were scared of them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway y'all have a great week and uh you may see y'all more often if we're gonna do this so <sighs> goodbye for now i cannot believe that we're still on audacity we're still in audacity we're recording oh my gosh probably had a whole like